Bibles now and turn together to 1 Kings chapter 19 as we return tonight to the life of Elijah. 1 Kings 19, just a short passage tonight considering the call of Elisha. And I'll warn you ahead of time, I'm probably going to get their names confused. Um, Elijah, Elisha, a bit of a tongue twister. Um, but I'll say something about Elisha's name. There's a, there's a reason why it sounds very similar to Elijah's. Uh, but verse 19 through 21 is our focus tonight. I'm going to back up and begin reading at verse 12 so you remember the context. Uh, God is speaking to Elijah on Mount Horeb after um, he does not um, come or speak in the earthquake and the fire and the wind. Uh, but then he speaks softly to Elijah and gives him uh, more work to do. And so I'll pick up the reading at verse 12. Uh, but our focus will be 19 through 21. Once again, people of God, please hear his word. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, and Jehu the son of Nimshi you shall anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death, and the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he departed. He departed from there and found Elisha, the, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. That's where we'll end the reading of God's word. Let's stop and pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for calling Elisha to a life of ministry and for recording this in your word for us. Lord, we pray that you would instruct us and teach us 
Uh, Father, as we've just sung, we are waiting on you. Our soul waits on you and our hope is in your word. Lord, you are the God who forgives our iniquities. You are the God who redeems your people and you speak to your people. And so, Lord, we ask that you'd give us ears to hear now. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. My heart I offer to you, O Lord, promptly and sincerely. Some of you may recognize those words as the words of John Calvin. This is John Calvin's life motto. My heart I offer to you, O Lord, promptly and sincerely. And there's even an image of an open hand holding a heart that captures this. When God called Calvin to the ministry, when he called him away from the safety and ease of the Roman Catholic Church, the safety and ease of a career in the law, when he called him away from the life of reclusive study to preach and teach, when God called him away from his native France as a fugitive because of his faith, when God called him back to Geneva, a very difficult place, leaving the peaceful fruitful ministry he had in Strasbourg. Again and again, Calvin, by God's grace, answered God's call and followed the Lord. He said again and again in word and deed, my heart I offer to you, O Lord, promptly and sincerely. Well, tonight we see another man that is called by God, called to leave behind what he knew and loved, called to leave behind what was safe and familiar. And when Elisha is called, we see God at work in him such that he offers his life and his heart to the Lord promptly and sincerely. And he follows the Lord. He gives up his oxen. He leaves his family. And he walks the path that the Lord laid before him. And while the Lord is not going to call you with a prophet's cloak to follow Elijah, the Lord continues to call his people to faith in him. God continues to call you to hear and believe and obey his word. God continues to call his people to serve him, to leave behind the things of this world and give themselves fully to him. And this really shouldn't surprise us Because this is what Jesus did. He gave up everything to obey God's call. He gave up his own life. He lost his life in order to give life. And he calls you to follow him and take up your cross. And this is what we see in Calvin. This is what we see in Elisha. And the Lord blessed both of them mightily and used them. B.B. Warfield once said about Calvin, Here we have the secret of Calvin's greatness and the source of his strength. No man ever had a profounder sense of God than he. No man ever more unreservedly surrendered himself to the divine direction. Well, our text tonight reminds us that God calls all of us, God calls all of you, to surrender to his direction, to surrender your lives to his call, to hear and follow his call. Whatever God 
calls you to and wherever he calls you. And so, people of God, the challenge and the message of God's word to each of you tonight is this. When God calls you, follow him. When God calls you, listen and hear that call and be willing to submit yourself to what he calls you to. When God calls, hear and answer. Submit yourself to his call. Offer the Lord your heart and your life and your service promptly and sincerely. Let's think about this more together from our story tonight. And I want you to remember that Elijah on Mount Horeb, while he was still on the mountain, God gave him a mission. God called him to a new task. And Elijah heard and followed that call. And he sets out immediately to find Elisha. And so I want us to consider first how Elisha is found. Elisha found. Look again with me at verse 19. Speaking of Elijah, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the 12. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. Remember from last time, God has just told Elijah that he is not alone. And that there are 7,000 who have not worshipped Baal. And then he's called him to go and anoint Elisha. And once again, and we've seen this pattern in Elijah's life, once again, without delay, Elijah hears and responds to God's word. He leaves Mount Horeb. He leaves his despair and his discouragement. He puts one foot in front of the other and carries out this new God-given task. Now, Elisha is eventually going to take his place. But we don't see Elijah protesting. Elijah doesn't say, but God, what about me? What about all of my gifts and my accomplishments, my sacrifices, all of my experience? Why, Why are you going after a new prophet? No, in obedience and faith, Elijah goes and he finds Elisha. Brothers and sisters, when God calls you, follow him. When God called Elijah to raise up Elisha, he followed that call. He followed God's word. And we need to see this as God being gracious to Elijah. God is is providing for Elijah and encouraging him. Remember, Elijah has been all alone. He's faced Ahab and Jezebel and all of Baal's prophets all alone. He's expressed to God his feeling of being the only one left. And so God assures him, no, Elijah, you are not the only one following me. But then he provides a companion for Elijah, a partner, an assistant. God is going to carry on Elijah's ministry through Elisha and use Elijah to train up another generation of prophets to teach Elisha. God is also providing for his people here. He's not leaving them without a prophet, without a prophetic voice and witness, without his word. But he's sending another prophet to them. And we're reminded once again that God knows the needs of his people. He knows the needs of his people and he provides. God knows you. He knows what you need. He knows what he can call you to and provide for you. 
We also see here, as God calls Elisha, the, the principle of partnership and plurality. It's not good for man to be alone. Now, that's true for the family, and so God gives marriage. It's true in ministry and in faith. And so God puts us in a body. He surrounds us with the church. Uh, and in ministry, he doesn't call us to serve alone. In the, in the New Testament, you often see the pattern of two by two sent out together. Ecclesiastes 4 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. Well, God provides a helper for Elijah. He provides another to lift him up and to assist him. But I want you to think about Elisha this day. Think about the sudden sovereignty of this call. It was an ordinary day on the farm for Elisha. And he's out plowing the field. He's doing what he was raised to do. He's going about life, doing the job that he knew how to do. He would have never guessed that morning that this would have happened. But up walks Elijah to his field and then up to his oxen. And as Elijah throws his cloak upon him, he knows what that act means. He knows what that outward symbol represents. It means, Elisha, come with me. Elisha, follow me. Learn from me. Be my apprentice. Be my disciple. Follow in my steps so that you might become a prophet. It's an outward call, a call to ministry, a call to sacrifice, a call to go in an instant from a plowman to a prophet. Brothers and sisters, what a picture and a reminder for us tonight that we do not know what a day will hold whether good or bad, in God's sovereign plan, whether expected or unexpected. We don't know when Christ will return. We don't know when God will call us home. We don't know when he will call us to something new. Are you ready for what the day will hold? What God will call you to or might call you to? It seems that Elisha was one of the 7,000 who was not worshiping Baal, but instead was courageously and defiantly still worshiping God. And when, God, when God's call comes to him just out of the blue, by God's grace, he is ready to hear it. And he's ready to follow. Brothers and sisters, are you ready for God to call you? Now, am I? Well, Elisha is found. He's called. Let's see next tonight, second tonight, Elisha's farewell. Elisha's farewell. Look again with me at verse 20. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again for what have I done to you. Elisha grasps the significance of this act of casting the cloak upon him and he immediately responds by leaving the oxen and actually running after Elijah. He understands what this means and he understands the gravity of this call. He knows that it's going to mean leaving his current calling 
in leaving his family and going with Elijah. And so first he asks to say goodbye to his family. But notice he says, after asking about that, then I will follow you. I will follow you. We read of no delay here on the part of Elisha, no deliberation, no debate, no complaint to God. God, why me? I'm not ready. I don't want to do this. I'm comfortable where I am. But rather, he runs. And he asks, let me, let me say bye to my family. But then he promises to follow and go and answer that call. Remember who he's committing to follow. Elijah is the most despised man in Israel. Nobody likes him except for the, the 7,000. He is on the most wanted list. There is a price on his head. He has suffered much as a prophet. And yet Elisha hears this call, which he recognizes as, as from God, and he commits to following and answering that call. It's a, it's a remarkable act of submission to God's will. Now, Elisha is likely from a well-to-do farming family. Um, whether the 12 yoke of oxen were his or, or maybe some of them were borrowed from surrounding farms, regardless, this is a big operation, and the oxen and the fields they were plowing represent considerable wealth and property and earthly success. They also represent the hope of a harvest now that God has sent rain, and he's out there tilling the field ready to plant crops. Another thing I want you to notice about Elisha, though, is uh, his name. His name means, and it sounds very similar to Elijah, but his name means God saves, or God is salvation. It's similar in meaning to Elijah's name, but it says even more than Elijah's name. Not only is God the Lord, as Elijah's name proclaims, he is the Savior. He is salvation. He is Elisha's salvation. He is the salvation of men and Israel and nations. Elisha comes from a God-fearing family. Uh, his parents gave him this name, uh, it would appear, in faith as those who feared God and not Baal. And they had likely trained him for this day, trained him to receive such a call, trained him to serve the Lord and trust in his God as Savior. And it's interesting, he thinks of them first as he gets this call and knows that he must follow God's call. And so he asks Elijah, can I say bye to them? And Elijah, in a somewhat strange way, agrees to this. He says, go back. But then mysteriously, he says, for what have I done to you? What does he mean by that? Does he mean, how can, I, how can what I have done for, uh, to you prevent you from saying bye? Or maybe he means, yes, go say bye, but don't forget what I've done to you. Uh, don't forget the call that I've placed on you. Whatever the case, whatever he might mean here, Elijah grants Elisha permission, as this is a request out of a desire to put his affairs in order and, and say goodbye to those he loves, in order to be ready to answer this call. He's not trying to get around this call. He's trying to answer it, and he wants to be able to say goodbye 
And so he promises to return and follow Elijah. But then we read here of another drastic step that Elisha takes to break with the past and prepare to give himself fully to his new calling. Look with me at verse 21. And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. I think this is so striking what Elijah, what Elisha does with his oxen. He takes a yoke of oxen, he puts them to death, and he proceeds to cook the meat using um, the, the yoke and the, the equipment for the oxen to make the fire. And, and then he goes on to put on a, a going away party. It's really an act of decisive commitment and devotion Elisha's signaling, I am all in. I am following this call. I'm breaking with the past in order to wholeheartedly give myself to this new calling. And so his, his very means of income, his oxen and the yoke and the equipment, the plow, are sacrificed so that he might not turn back from his new calling. So that all could see that he fully intended to answer this call as sudden and as costly and as difficult as this call was he's willing to give up what was familiar and secure and valuable in order to follow the lord and so he says bye to his parents to his career to his source of security and income he says bye to his friends and and blesses them with this feast And this is really a beautiful and powerful picture of a life devoted completely to the Lord. A heart in full submission to God's call. Putting behind so much that was good and and godly in order to go where the Lord called and do what he asked. And brothers and sisters, this is an opportunity for us to examine our hearts tonight. I've already said you and I are not going to be called as Old Testament prophets, I don't think anyone here tonight owns oxen or, or a plow. But do you hear and follow God's call? Are you willing to give up that which is comfortable and familiar and perhaps valuable in order to serve the Lord? And God calls all of you to forsake all to follow him. To take up your cross. He calls everyone to hear and to believe the gospel, to forsake their sin and follow Jesus, to repent and believe. He calls us as his people to be his servants, his witnesses, his saints, to seek first his kingdom, to not live for this world, but for him, to not live for the self, but for him and for his glory. Friends, are you following God's call? Have you heard and obeyed his call? But God also calls us in particular ways and different ways within his kingdom. At times, God God will call his people to suffer. At times, God will call his people to rejoice, to serve. At times, God will call us to go or to stay. 
times God will call us to per- persevere. God calls his people home to glory. He'll call all of us home uh, one day unless Christ comes first. God calls us at times to plenty or to want. He calls some to serve as deacons or elders or pastors or missionaries. And I pray that there are perhaps some here tonight that God may call to serve in those ways later in life. He calls all of his people to use their gifts to serve as different parts of the body. He calls some to be mothers. He calls some to be fathers. He calls some to be single. Some to be married. He'll call some to be caregivers or teachers. Sometimes his call is very clear in his word. Other times it comes from the circumstances of providence in our lives. And many times when God calls, it will mean giving up certain things in order to follow the Lord. Even good things, good places, good people. And none of this is easy. But by faith, we must be ready to, for God to call us to do what he wills. We must be ready at times to say bye, to give up what is secure and familiar, what is valuable in order to carry out the Lord's work. Well, Elisha bids farewell, and he um, provides this feast for his friends, but then he follows. And I want to consider this third and finally tonight. Elisha follows. Look at the last part of verse 21. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. The party had to come to an end. The goodbyes had to come to an end. This call required Elisha to actually get up and go. Uh, Get up and leave. To no longer lead the oxen in the field, but follow Elijah wherever he would go. And he could do this. He could make such a drastic and dramatic step and change because the outward call that God had given to him through Elijah, through the casting of the cloak, that had also become an inward call. God's spirit was at work in him, convincing him that this was genuine, that this was his calling, that this was a need that he was being called to fill and that God would be with him in it. God was giving him the grace to believe and obey and step out in faith and follow. And remember, we've already mentioned this, but this was a very dangerous calling. Physically, emotionally, Elisha had grown up in one place. He had worked one plot of ground. It was familiar. It wasn't easy to be a farmer, especially in the the past years of famine. But now he is being called to leave his home, leave what he knows, and go wherever the Lord called. He's really being called to the front lines, a training to be a prophet with Elijah. And remember, Elijah is the hated prophet. He's the troubler of Israel, according to the king. He's the man who had almost been broken by the weight and the discouragement of ministry. He had spent years alone, Years away from Israel in exile. 
And this is who God is calling Elisha to follow. Elisha has no idea where this call will take him. He has no idea the suffering and sacrifice that it might involve. And yet by faith he arose and he goes after Elijah. Elisha is now putting into practice in a very real and challenging way what his name has professed as he follows Elijah to become a prophet. Elisha will serve his God who saves. He will proclaim that message. God saves. God is salvation. But notice here a little detail at the end of this verse. His ministry does not begin with great preaching and miracles and public acts as prophet. doesn't begin with, with public grandeur. It begins by simply following and assisting. It begins as a student and a servant. It seems that Elisha welcomes this role. He's not in a rush to replace Elijah, not in a rush for the spotlight. Rather, he patiently follows God's call and God's timing and his training. And God gives him this season with Elijah to learn and to grow. And first, in 2 Kings 3.11, Elisha is actually referred to as the one who quote, poured water on the hands of Elijah. And so he was actually known as Elijah's assistant, Elijah's servant, the one who who carried out basic tasks for him. He learned as a humble servant for a time. And this is actually a pattern we see in Scripture. Quiet, humble service often comes before greater responsibility. But in time, God is going to call Elisha to much more. He's going to serve God publicly and mightily. He's actually going to perform twice as many miracles as Elijah that we have recorded in Scripture. So Elisha follows the call of God. He makes this serious and permanent commitment to follow and learn to serve the Lord. And this is a reminder for us tonight, that we must be ready to follow God's call. That we must be students and servants. Who are you learning from tonight? Who are you assisting? Where are you serving? This definitely applies especially to those who are young, but it applies to all of us. All of us have much still to learn and ways we can serve. We also need to ask, though, who are you teaching? Who are you training? Who are you mentoring? As Elijah does here, especially those of you who are older. The next generation in the church, in the home, in ministry, does not just appear out of nowhere. We must be praying for God to raise up Elisha's. Praying for the faith to follow the call of God. Praying that God would enable people to be humble and teachable and have this servant attitude and and grow. We must pray that we ourselves would be ready to hear and follow God's call whenever and however it may come. However difficult or dangerous it may be. Be ready to give up what we may know and love. What might be safe and familiar for the sake of God's kingdom 
and service. Well, Elisha is found. He has the opportunity to say farewell, but then in faith, he follows. And it's interesting that in these verses tonight, God is not actually mentioned. But we know that he is so clearly at work here. You see the power of his call, the power of his word. We see God working in and through the discouraged Elijah, encouraging him and providing for him. We see him at work in and through the young Elisha, calling and preparing and teaching him. We see God at work in and through his people. Though many had turned to idols, God was still preserving a remnant. He was still being faithful to them. He was still giving them his word through his prophets. But we're reminded tonight as we think about Elisha coming to replace Elijah, uh, that the ultimate prophet who would never need to be replaced, the ultimate prophet who would save his people, who would be God's word in the flesh, was still to come. Jesus was not yet on the scene. God was still preparing his people, still preparing history for the coming of his son. And as we think about the call of Elisha tonight, I want you to think about Jesus in comparison and and, in contrast to Elisha. Think about how Elisha had to leave and give up so much in order to carry out God's call. But Jesus, brothers and sisters, gave up so much more. He gave up glory. He gave up the beauty and perfection and holiness of heaven to come here to earth he gave up equality with God to become a man and to become a servant remember Elisha did not know what this call would mean or where it would lead or how he might suffer and often we don't either but Jesus knew exactly what his call as Messiah meant He knew exactly where it would lead. He knew that it would lead straight to the cross, straight to the full wrath of God as the sacrifice for sinners. Elisha sacrificed his earthly calling, his life with his family, his future on the farm. He sacrificed his oxen and his equipment, but Jesus sacrificed himself. Jesus gave up everything, even his own blood, his own life, in order to carry out his call from God, to save sinners, to save all who put their faith in him, to fulfill what Elisha's name proclaims. God is salvation. God saves. Brothers and sisters, is your hope in this greater prophet, in Jesus? Are you thanking God for sending him? And the ultimate call that God gives to you is to follow him. Follow Jesus. Trust in him. Turn away from sin. Turn to Christ in faith and follow him. Jesus said in Mark 8, 34 and following, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man 
to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul. Jesus followed God's call and gave up his life in order to give you life, in order to save you, in order to call you to everlasting life. Brothers and sisters, will you trust him? Will you follow him? Will you give your life for him? When God calls you, brothers and sisters, children, young people, when God calls you, follow him. And he calls you to trust his son, to follow Jesus, to forsake this world, to forsake your sin and live for him. And so hear his call and follow him in faith. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for calling Elisha to leave behind his family and his farm and that which was familiar and and secure uh, to serve you as a prophet. And we thank you for how he's a small picture, an early glimpse of our greater prophet who left everything and gave up everything to give us life. Lord, he calls calls us to trust in him and follow him and take up our cross and live for him. And Lord, this is wonderful, uh, but it is not easy. And our flesh um, fights against it. Our, Our flesh wants to cling to the things of this world and to our own desires. We pray that by your grace, you would make us ready to hear and follow your call, Uh, your call to faith. Your call to repent of sins, and then particular callings that you give us in different seasons of life with our different giftings. Lord, may we be ready to hear and answer and serve you and offer you our hearts promptly and sincerely. We ask this all in faith, thanking you that this is what Jesus did to give us life. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.